morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening. Folks, thank you very, very much for listening. The date today is the 31st of January, year of our Lord, 2021. Welcome to another episode of the Bun and Cardigan Show. I am, of course, joined by James Edwards III of The Athletic. James, I realized something about myself. Um, when was the Laker game? Was that Thursday? I think that was Thursday. Yeah, sounds I right. I believe. Yep. Yeah, because it was the second night of a back-to-back. We play Wednesday, Thursday, pretty sure. Um, I realized something about myself. I, I always say, you know, especially this year, kind of getting to a point where I'm like, you know, I, I just love basketball, man. And it's like the Pistons are just the team that I watch every single night. And it's like, am I still a fan? Sure. But it always feels like I'm kind of floating away from that. Let me tell you something. (laughs) That game was exactly what I needed because I have I have not been on that level with this Detroit team in I do not know how many years. I do not care that Anthony Davis wasn't playing. Um, I don't care that it was some regular season game. LeBron's trying this year. Like, he's yeah. the dude wants to win MVP. And the fact that we were able to beat that team and especially shut him down in the second half, especially just that Lakers team as a whole down the stretch, really spoke to me about how this rebuild is going. Um, I made the joke on Twitter, which some people I think actually thought was serious. I'm glad that you recognized it as a joke and weren't like, no, we're not doing that and shut me down. But I was like, James, we need to record a six hour podcast right now. And we need to talk about every possession of this game. Um, I, my diplomatic immunity has unfortunately since worn off. Um, There was a small period of time for, I believe I said it was 24 hours that I refused to listen to anything that anybody said. Um, about this Detroit team after that win because I had not felt that much happiness in I don't know how long. It was a gr- that was an amazing game. But, like, the Golden State performance didn't offset that? So I have good news there. I'm kind of like – so obviously because I, I don't live – I live in Central Time in Chicago. So the game was – it was at 9 for me. For most of you guys, it was at 10. You so it was like bastard. for me it was – yeah, for me it was like a little bit better, right? But I was still kind of – I'd woken up at like 7 that morning, so I was kind of already a little bit tired um, around tip-off. And then they go down 20, and I accidentally fell asleep, took like a 10-minute nap. By the time I woke up, the deficit had not cleared. And I said to myself, Nick – you deserve the night off. So I, I just choice. turned it off. Yeah, I just turned it off. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to miss anything. Um, so I actually I, I ended up missing the whole Rodney Magruder thing and what happened there. Um, I've been since I've since been uh, caught up to speed. But um, yeah, no, I, I basically didn't let that hold any real estate in my head because I turned it off. Gave myself the night off. Well deserved. Good, because I think people that listen to this podcast don't necessarily want to hear about the Golden State game. So no, I thought your your post game reaction to the Lakers game was hilarious. I thought it was great. It was well done. It was Nick Henkel at his finest. Yeah. Um, I was in my bag for sure. You were in your bag. Like, you reached all the way down, like, just in case you missed something, clearing yeah. the – scraping the bottom. You were in it. Yeah. Um, no, that was a big win. It was a a good cap to a, a good stretch for Isaiah Stewart. Well, I shouldn't say a good uh, a cap because he played well against Golden State. He was one of the few that played good against Golden State. Yeah. But – yeah, the Warriors, the Lakers win was unlikely. I kept waiting for LeBron to do what he always does against Detroit sure. in that sure. like in that arena. Like you're watching, and it's like, oh, Detroit's playing well. Uh, LeBron's going to take over, and he just never did. And credit to the Pistons, they played well defensively too. Um, but the yeah, the Golden State game, I I probably could only tell you like three plays. Like obviously, it was on the road, so I wasn't there with the pandemic and everything. None of the beat writers are traveling. Uh, but with the Stafford news, it being freaking 4 a.m. 
and it's the first quarter and they're down by 20 out the gate it just yeah i I, I didn't pay attention too much yeah yeah and then um you know you you watch this warriors team and every time every warriors game you watch you're like i guess andrew wiggins isn't really as bad as the memes would tell you like he's a guy we're gonna get to the end of andrew wiggins career and he's gonna have twenty five thousand points and we're gonna be like what happened like man (laughs) like he really got there if he oh, played for De- sure. If he played Detroit, he'd be in the All Star conversation. He, I remember his. He was cold from three going into the first meeting between the two, and then he finally hit one. His first yeah. one of the season, I think, was against the Pistons. And last yep. night, he couldn't. It felt like he couldn't miss. So that actually, you bring up Kelly Oubre against Golden State. Now, the one thing that I think we have to talk about, um, and we will get to questions. I'm tired of answering our our end of our beginning of the week segment. Don't worry, folks. We have a lot to unpack today. I want to ask you a little bit, what happened to Blake uh, in that Lakers game? I mean, it's it's palpable from even before the tip. Like, in shoot-around, he's, like, smiling a lot. He's kind of happy. Like, he's got a bounce in his step. And then the first, like, possessions of that game, he's getting consistent post touches. Like, we're giving him, we're feeding him those entry passes, and he's kind of, he's he's working with his quickness. He's kind of, he's moving his feet well. His elevation looked stronger than it has, at least, you know, relatively speaking, as strong as it could have been this year. What happened? What, where did that come from? Scores, yeah. I think, 23 points in that game, and like he's he was back for 48 minutes. He was back. When he – I tweeted that during when they did the pregame intros, like he was slapping hands hard going through the little makeshift tunnel that the players make. He gave sure. Seku a little extra oomph on his chest bump. I was like, Blake's ready to go. He didn't play the night before, so he was well-rested. And I, I think – I mean, I don't want to say he gets up for LeBron matchups or Laker matchups. Like, I think Blake's pretty professional and tries to get up for every matchup. Uh, but I, I, as an observer who has followed and covered Blake for three seasons now, I think there's, like, bad blood between him and LeBron. Mm. Like, there's no there's no period of friendliness ever. Like, they don't dap each other up before games. Uh, they don't really joke around during the game. Sure. I've never heard them say good thing. Like Blake has said good things about him when asked about him, but like he doesn't like go out of his way to say good things. I think there is some bad blood there. I don't know what it is. I, I'm not even going to speculate. Uh, but there's something there, so maybe that's a little something. But yeah, you got on your post game reaction and said Blake is back. Um, and then I knew what I was doing. I knew yeah. he wasn't, but it, you know I had to be a victim of the moment. Yeah, no, right? I understand. That's just, and that's just the engagement. Uh, Sure. And like I said, well, I just want to be clear. I didn't say it just for the like I I said it because and it it just goes back to like the quote unquote the genuine like fanhood that I have that, of course, again, I'm going to be a prisoner of the moment and I'm like full send. Blake is back. I knew in my head he wasn't. I knew in my head the next game is going to go out and have a dud. And the recipe seemed to be the same early on in that Golden State game where they were feeding him down low, which is great. Because if he's gonna, you know, work anywhere, like I, it's it's encouraging to see him venture inside of the post rather than just obviously sit along the perimeter as he has for a majority of this season. Um, but that was great. I mean, that Lakers game was great. LeBron starts the game, uh, what seven of seven, and ends like one of nine or something crazy like that. The Pistons in, uh, late down the stretch in the fourth quarter rattle off sixteen consecutive points. Um, Wayne Ellington's, I mean, he's hitting everything, and all around, like it was great. Um, you know, Isaiah was was kind of getting into it with uh, Markeith Morris, LeBron, and Trouble. who was the other one? And, and Montrezl Harold. That's right. Um, which was, you know, it was amazing. And I we we brought this up a few weeks ago. Um, I said, is there a case that can be made 
for Isaiah Stewart being the best rookie on this team. And you said, yeah, I think you can make that case. I'm going to just go ahead and say right now, definitively, I just think he is. And it, it's yeah. and I don't mean to I don't want to pull the Draymond Green approach and be like, well, you know, he does a lot more. It's just not on the stat sheet. But like that really is what Isaiah um, has been doing for Detroit, the way that he's able to impact the game, mainly on the defensive end. Offensively, it's just on the boards, but defensively. Um, he's such a he's such a force, right? He's such a disruptor, um, an agitator, if you will, like getting in guys' heads and just and just frustrating them. Um, yeah. I like think I think he's our best rookie. Like technically, in terms of technical defense, he's not even the best yet. But just because of his activity, um, his motor, like he annoys guys and he frustrates guys. And I think even switching like on the perimeter, like he does a fine job against quicker yeah. guards. Um, he runs the floor well. I, I think he, he is the best rookie right now. It's easy to say with Killian out and Sadiq struggling. Sure. But Isaiah, you feel a different energy from the Pistons when Isaiah's on the floor. Even last night as they were getting routed, like, you kind of felt like with Isaiah on the floor, maybe there's a chance they make a little run. And they, they didn't let the gap get too wide in those second quarter minutes. Sure. Uh, but they didn't really close the gap. But he was – I thought he was really good. Uh, well, I guess as good as good can be when you get smacked like that, but he was pretty good last night too. Sure. sure. Um, all righty. It is now time for our uh, start of the week segment. It is this week's edition of questions I am tired of answering. If this is your first time listening, this is where I ask James, of course, a beat writer for the Detroit Pistons for the Athletic, a question. Well, actually, he tells us a question that he's tired of answering, so that way you guys stop bothering him. Um, is that question, where's the TGI Fridays? No, I love that question. That's hilarious. Okay, cool. Somebody, okay. My, one of my buddies texted me and said, you know you can't trade, you can't put that on a t-shirt, right? I'm like, 100% not. I'm like, we could do this hustle and flow style, like at Dirty South, out the mixtape, trunks, yeah. like out the trunk. <laughs> we could do like 100 or 200 yeah. and sell I'll just them like art the, pieces. Yeah, I'll pedal the shirts outside of LCA. You know how people do that stuff sometimes? Yeah. Yeah, that's, I'm with that. We like, we'll, we'll charge 100 bucks. We'll make 100 shirts, charge 100 bucks. <laughs> there we go. What What is the question that you are tired of answering this week? This week was pretty good. There was one question from one guy in particular that I think is interesting to bring up. Last night, Sekou didn't play too well. And the guy said to me, he said, what's going on with Sekou? Why can't they develop him? And to me, it's like, I think, yes, did the Pistons have a bad history of not developing guys? Yeah, for sure. To me, there seems like there is a fraction of the fan base that believes a guy's success is solely dependent on how he's de- like if the team can develop him. Like there's yeah. always like this player, no matter what, there's something that can happen. He can be good as long as the team develops him well. And I'm like, that's not the case. Like, not saying that's with Seiko. We're just using him as the example because that's how the question was. There's not like a magic wand. Yeah. Like if that was the case, everybody would be good all the time. And for some guys, again, I'm not talking about Seku specifically. Like some guys just don't have it. Some guys just sure. aren't good. Like you can develop all you want. Some guys just aren't good. Um, and it go. I mean, I feel like we always use Seku in this. It's like again, he's 20. He played good leading up into the Golden State game. Like I thought he was yeah. good last week, um, and he just wasn't that good against Golden State. That's what happens when you're 20 and you haven't played basketball for a long time. So. To go back to player development, I hate that word, development, development. Well, I hate that word. Yeah. It's like it takes time, one. Two, if a guy doesn't pan out, it's not always the fault of the staff. Like some guys just don't have it. Um, and three, give Seku some time. It's gonna, sure. it's, it's 
it's very early in his career. So that one's not even one that you're tired of answering. You just thought that that was like a, we should probably address this, but like, it's not a bad question. Just there's more to it than, um, it's, than just on it was the surface bad, of the question. I guess it's a bad question because if you think that like a guy's success is solely dependent on if a team can develop him, then that's gotcha. just not right. Like sure. some guys just don't have it. Um, sure. I, I can guarantee you the Pistons tried everything they could to make Stanley Johnson good. Yeah, that's one that, well, yeah, that's that one's still a hot button issue. And let's for a pump lot the brake on let's pump the brakes on Stanley doing things for the Raptors and being in the rotation. Yes, he has found a a position and a role that makes him usable, but like people he's been so bad that people are getting excited because he's a usable NBA player. Like he hasn't you go look yeah. at his numbers, like he's not doing anything spectacular. Yeah, this is this. I know this is genuine because you and I had a semi-passionate conversation about this. Um, I think probably like a week ago, um, and you basically said the exact same thing. So I know that you're not just saying this. Just to, no, you mean this. Like you 100 yeah. mean it. Um, let's let's do this instead of questions. I'm tired of answering. Let's do. Here's a question that Nick gets a lot, and he wants James to um, address it because I love people that. keep people keep asking me to ask you this question. Okay. okay. Which is fine. Um, so I got a question today. Um, I'd say probably like six or seven people have asked this same question. Why are we but not on Google yet? No, well, that is actually one of them. That's <laughs> no, a we question are on I'm, Google now, though. I was going to say we should, but yeah, that, that's a question that I'm tired of answering. Um, so this one, this came from Sam Jane. Sam Jane. Um, too long didn't read. He would like you to give him... And also just everybody some advice um, for their aspirations of becoming a journalist in the industry that you are in. Oh, that's a great question. Why did you say too long didn't read? Well, because I, I, it's a it's a long message, okay. and I wasn't going to read the whole message, which is fine, Sam. Don't worry. I, I, I really appreciate you reaching out. I'm just saying here's what the question was. Yeah. Uh, so what, what advice for somebody that wants to – be have my job i guess sure give us like a like a 60 second rundown if you could um it this doesn't always like everybody has different paths first and foremost so my path is not yeah nick has a very unique path um i have a, a path that's a little more cookie cutter yeah than than the rest so not ever first and foremost not everybody's path is is the same and not every path lead you in this different direction there are many paths that you can take that end up in the same spot but i think one thing that helps is i mean i went to school for journals for sports journalism uh, when i was in school i worked at a newspaper when i got out of school that newspaper hired me full time i did stories that were deemed interesting by many caught the eye of the leaders of the athletic they hired me to cover the pistons they wanted a young guy who they thought could grow into a beat and and do creative stories so that's where that came in but I, I would say if you're into sports writing first and foremost read a lot read a lot of people who you deem as good writers who, who yeah. write interesting stories um, when you read a lot of people you you start to piece together different how people how different people approach it and it helps culminate into your style and write stories um, look for an internship look for a job, join that your favorite team's blog, join, uh, try to work at your local newspaper. Even if it's at the smallest role, you never know. Always, 
always, always, always put yourself in a position, no matter how big, how small the opportunity, to get yourself in the door. You never know what you can do. Like I was doing, I was answering phones at the Lansing State Journal on high school football nights. My boss <laughs> knew I went to school. He knew I wanted to, I strive to be a NBA writer. He would give me assignments while I was in college. Like I go cover MSU hockey games. I'd fill in for when Michigan State was playing like Norfolk State the same day that the football team was playing. So everybody, yeah. all the big guys were covering football and I'd go cover basketball. Take advantage of your opportunities, um, especially in today's media world. There's many ways to, to write about basketball. Uh, if you can't get one of those to create your own way, do a podcast, find ways to stand out, be unique as as Nick has done um, without the, the training that I'm talking about. He's has almost 10,000 followers. He's on the biggest podcast in Cuba. <laughs> He's on the 38th biggest podcast podcast in Singapore. Mm. And yeah, man, I would just say follow your dreams. No, any no opportunity is too small. Get your foot in the door and just bust your ass once you once you get through the door. Yeah, I think the biggest thing um, is that you have to try to take an approach that you know other people wouldn't. Where when I started the recaps, it was because I wanted to try to, and I think I've talked about this before, but you try to bring up points that maybe other people aren't talking about, right. and I think that's. I think that's kind of why I, I stopped doing them a little bit this year is because those points don't exist. Um, there are only so many talking points. And, and, and at that point, it, you know what? I'm not going to make something if I think it's going to be bad. So if you think or if you see me making a recap this year, it's because I think that there's actually something to talk about. Um, or I'm just super hyped because we beat the defending world champs. Um, when you were covering games at Michigan State, was I'm trying to I can't I, I can't really think of the timeline here. Um so when you were covering Michigan State basketball games, was this like the Darrell Summers, like Delvon Rowe years? Like who was who were, who was on those teams? Uh, that was a little bit before, like the year or okay. two before. I came I started college in twenty ten. So like my class, like guys who came to Michigan State with me were Keith Appling, Russell Bird, Adrian Payne, Alex yep. Ghana. Um so like that was those guys, Gary Harris. Mm. I'm trying to think who else. Denzel. Yeah, so like that 2010 to 2014 range. Yeah. So you got to well, you were there for Final Four then, in 2011, Indianapolis. Yes. Yep. I was. Yeah. I didn't cover that because that was for the big boys. Well, sure. But yeah. Sure. Yeah. No, I was. I was at state for that. Yep. So, I'm gonna now ask you a question. I'm gonna totally deviate. Great. I hope everybody. That I hope that's good advice from James. I thought it was good advice. I hope so. It seems very generic, but it's honestly like just the truth like just bust your ass yeah and like school opportunities school matters i learned that recently i got told no because i didn't go to school and that really hurt but i was also like i get it like that's what the you know that's that that's the point um if you could do it over would you have can we do people know can i say it out loud you can you can say it out loud so you dropped out of high school in ninth grade yeah if you could do it over I, I dropped out um, the day before my senior year was supposed to start. Oh, so, so a, a summer of 11th grade. Going summer of 11th grade. Going into 12th grade, I was like, I'm not going. Did you – was that because you just hated school or you hated that school? I hated um, myself. Like, okay. I don't mean to get too real, but, like, that's that's really what it was. And I was like, I don't want to keep being around these people, like – 
my 11th grade year was was really weird because I listen, I give George Bush a lot of credit for implementing no child left behind because I didn't pass a grade beyond like 7th grade. 8th grade no, 9th grade no, 10th grade no, 11th grade god no. Mm-hmm. So like I should probably still be in like 8th grade. Um so 10th grade was really bad for me and then 11th grade I get put into two AP classes and I was like how like how did who let this happen I was in AP psych which was a breeze and I was in AP gov and like I just I couldn't like get myself to do any of the work I like I literally couldn't do anything and it got to a point like again I don't mean to be like too real or like no. make people sad this but like the Bun and Cardigan show man it's what we do like my 11th grade year, I literally wouldn't go to lunch. I would literally just walk around the school. And I don't know if people know, um, like, how like how high school is a pretty big school. Like, it's a pretty big high school. Um, there's a lot of places to walk around. I would just walk around for, like, 30 minutes, and then I would just walk to my next class. Or I would just, like, sit in the bathroom. Like, that's literally it. I just wouldn't do anything. And so, like, mentally, I just couldn't, I just couldn't do it. And so I just didn't go to school. And, um, it sucked a lot. Like it really hurt to see people that I actually really liked, um, do things that they wanted to do with their lives. And I didn't do anything at all. Um, but if, you know, like, so the question, if I had to do it again, like, would I try to, would I actually apply myself and go to college? Yeah. It's yeah. not for everybody, so don't you don't. Yeah. No, and that's that's kind of where I I struggle because there's like I applied for. James knows. Some people know. I applied for something recently, and they were like, "No," and because like education was a quote unquote hard requirement. So it's moments like that where you're like, "Damn!" Like, I really dug myself into a hole that I can't really get out of at this point. I like I still don't have my GED. Like I never. Have you, you ever know, thought never, about going to get it? What's the point? They don't. I. I like if you're. If I mean, I'm you're, applying somewhere, I wouldn't and say what's the point. You're young enough that if you went and got it, you could still go to college and be done by 26. I guess, and you know, I, it's just it's the part of it that, like you said, like school isn't for everybody. Like I just can't. Certainly, brother. I was I was explaining this the other day. I went to vote, okay, mm-hmm. during this last election. I went to vote, and it's like a scantron, basically, right? Like the bubbles, like fill in the yeah. And I'm sitting there. And I haven't been in front of one of those pieces of paper in about five years. And I, I, I sat there for about 30 minutes, like just like zoning out because like it felt like school, like I couldn't do it. And I had to keep relocking in. I just can't like I just can't, like I said, like lock in and focus on that. But, um, man, what a rabbit hole that we just went no, down. That was great. And so I hope you go- know that because you didn't go to school doesn't mean like that opportunity that just happened that well didn't happen because of the hard education requirement trust me like there's especially with in today's world and social media there's a way to get attention without having that and just doing good work doing work consistently doing work that stands out can get people to certain spots and i had a professor in college at I don't think graduated college or like he, he became, I don't remember the whole story, but like he became a journalism like legend yeah. without a degree. I think he might've went back and got it, but he didn't like have it when he started. So to all kids out there, I would recommend school. Yes. If you don't go to school and it's not for you, still don't let that detour you from your dreams. 
Yeah, and I the last thing I'll say, don't worry, folks, we're going to get back to basketball. The last thing I'll say is when I started the recaps, I didn't anticipate anything would come out of it. Um, and then things started to, and then I got to, you know, establish relationships with people who I had, um, what's the word, not envied, but idolized, I guess is a good good word for it. Um, and, and, you know, I got to do a lot of things. Like, I got to go on ESPN Radio like two or three and a half times. The half is they booked me, and then their station got shut down, so I couldn't go on. But, um so they, their producer had to call me and they're like, yeah, we got shut down. But, um, so I went on there a few times, you know, I, like I've gotten to do radio with like Grant Napier and Doug Christie a few times. Um, obviously I get to, you know, do this with James and, um, you know, Luke and I have a, or had a good relationship and, you know, so th- things can come out of it. Like I still don't feel like I've caught lightning in a bottle. I think that's still something that I'm waiting for, but you're um, only 22 and that's the, by thing. the time Blake yeah, is I know, gone, I know. you'll be 25. Right. Right. You'll develop. Yeah, <laughs> there's that word, You'll as be, they say. Yeah, there's time. You're you're on your rookie deal. Yeah, and that's like I'm not. You know, I'm not really kicking myself. It sucks. Like I don't think people realize how hard it is to get a job right now, man. Like I, th- it's it's tough. Anyways, um, so that was that was James and I. I hope everybody uh, listening in their car in their house, uh, applaud, clap your hands for Nick, please. Thank you. I can hear everyone's applause through the through through my headphones right now. Thank it's you. It's tough everybody. to talk about and to be yeah, real. it sucks. So I appreciate that. Um, let's shift gears. Let's get back to basketball. Let's give the folks what they want. I'm gonna ask you something that's kind of intense, and I know that there's a limit to what you can say about it. Okay. Okay. Because I know how like the influencing works, and um, you have a vote, correct? For like the end of the year awards. Do I have a vote this year? Um. I don't think so. I don't also, I also don't know if there, so I think one beat writer per city gets it. Oh, gotcha. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, that's how it works. And since Vince Ellis was here, he was, he got first dibs. If he didn't want to do it, it went to Rod. And I think, I don't know if Rod gets to decide at the beginning of the year or if they tell us when it comes to voting time. I, right now, to my knowledge, I do not have a vote and I, I okay. do not want to vote. Okay. That's okay. Well, that's interesting. Uh, can you explain why? As a like, as much as a NBA fan I am, and try to watch everything outside the Pistons when I can, I don't feel like um, for me. So like these guys, like money is involved with these All Stars sure. and All NBAs, and I like people should take it serious. And there are people in the media that do, and the majority do, and there's some that actually don't. And so I don't see. I don't get to see everything all the time covering one team. I don't, I just don't feel comfortable like with people's like when it comes down to like millions of dollars, like I just don't yeah. feel comfortable voting. Um, so yeah, like if I ever, like maybe I'll do it once just to say I did it, but I don't have like aspirations to have a vote. That's really interesting. And I actually think it's kind of big of you to admit like, it's almost too much power that I kind of just don't want to have in my hands. Um, I have a, a question for you. Like is voter fatigue as flawed and annoying of a concept to you as it is to me? Yeah, I think so. Like Bradley Beal is one of the best guards in the East every year. Yeah. Should have been an all-star last year. I don't care what the team's record is. Bradley Beal is one of the best players in the NBA. Okay. Uh, So, 
this is and almost it, getting. And you ahead. see it with the MVP. There like, it is. That's yeah. I mean, yeah. Like I don't think Giannis gets it again. It, it, it doesn't matter if Giannis tops his numbers. He got two of them, and he threw up duds in the postseason with the Bucks. And I, I yeah. think that was enough for the voters not to give it to him again. Listen, here's the thing. Um, even on the playoffs thing, I'll just add that because I have to defend Milwaukee. It is a regular season award, and in the regular season, he was probably the best player in the world. Yeah. Nah, I mean, LeBron is alive, but you know what I mean. So, to me, this, like, human error portion leaking into the game on a, in a way that isn't even actually on the floor, right? It's, it's within your world mm-hmm. um, and, and your colleagues that really frustrates me. Because you look at a guy like LeBron, who I mentioned earlier, is trying this year. Like, he is going for... This is the thing about LeBron James. Is he's 36 years old, and whether it's on a nightly basis or a yearly basis, he decides what he wants to do, and he can do it without question. Last year is a great example. He's like, I've never led the league in assists before. I'm going to go do that effortlessly. He achieved that for the first time in his career, led the league in assists. Right. And this year he's like, I, uh, I'm going to go win the MVP. And right now, if Jokic and Embiid have anything to say about it, we'll see. But LeBron is right there. Yep. Okay. And my biggest problem with it is it's such a narrative driven award at this point where LeBron James has been the best player in the world for a decade. He should probably have more than four MVPs. He probably should have won one within the last eight years. His last best shot was was last year. The one before that was 2017-2018 when James Harden won it because the world was never going to get away with James Harden um, winning or not winning an MVP, right? Like he had to get it at some point. Mm-hmm. And this, this revolutionary style of play that formed in Houston under Daryl Morey, under Mike D'Antoni, of course, at some point, James Harden is going to be rewarded for it. Um, this is also the year that uh, the Rockets missed 27 consecutive threes. Um, Chris Paul blows out his hamstring. That was the best Rockets team um, probably, I, w- I don't want to say ever because they won two championships, but that's going to that, be one of those of that teams iteration, that... iteration, yeah. Yeah, it, they're going to get lost in the history books, right? Anyways, where I'm going with this is you look at a guy like LeBron, and every year, let's go, we could, like, we could go over the MVPs of the last few years, the last decade, and I could give you what the narrative was for that player. Um and it just feels like that that's what it's become and not who is the best player. Because if it's who's the best player every single year, LeBron would have 18 MVP awards. Right. Period. Yeah. No, there's, inf- there's voter fatigue. There's, um, and I guess it kind of goes to, I mean, Jeremy Grant. Like, there's the cool story, right? So we've talked about it with right. Jeremy as an all-star. Is it going to be tough for him to make it in the East? Yeah, I mean his, he's doing the best he can, and he's put himself in the position. But the Pistons' record is five and fifteen, um, and if Bradley Beal didn't get in last year with a better team, that was still bad. Like you wonder if Jeremy gets in, but I don't. Again, as we I think we might have talked about it on the pod before, or me and you just talked about it personally. The shock factor of Jeremy Grant doing what he's doing, yeah, surprises coaches. If fans are paying attention, like it's going to surprise them. Uh, anybody with the vote that pays attention, Jeremy Grant, what he's done should surprise you. And because of that, I think he could get in. Um, he's obviously the only chance for anybody on Detroit to make it. Yeah, yeah. Could you see if they do the whole activities, like could Wayne Ellington be a, in the three-point contest for sure? Yeah. I mean, he should yeah. be. Yeah. Seeing him miss threes last night, all of them, 
or Saturday night was insane. Rubbing your eyes a little bit, like, wait a second, what's going on? Yeah, here? like it was. I think he was zero for. Did he make a three? I don't think he made a three. Again, I I couldn't have. Yeah, I, couldn't, I, I didn't he, even look at the box score. Like it was insane, and they were all good. Like most were good looks. He just they just didn't go in. I mean, he's human, so it's gonna happen. Yeah. Uh, but the way he's shooting the ball, Sands or uh, what's what's without Sands is with right or Sands is without. You're the writer. Yeah, know. that's why I should, probably shouldn't. Yeah, I. I it's <laughs> it's my off day. I don't have to use my brain. Without, I don't even know what I was saying. Wayne Ellington sh- shooting the shit out of the ball. Wayne Ellington did not shoot the shit out of the ball last night. So aside from last night, um, I could see Wayne getting an invitation to the three point contest if they do that. And rising stars, I would, I, I would, I think the Pistons might get one guy. You brought something up last night, um, and you made several points about it. And I just kind of want you to, for anybody who didn't see James's train of thought, I want you to try to re-articulate it, re-verbalize it here, where you asked a legitimately good question. Honest to God, I, I, was, I, I sat here and I thought about it. You asked if there could be a case made for Wayne Ellington being the purest shooter in Pistons franchise history. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Yeah, I was having the conversation with myself as I was tweeting. Obviously, I didn't say he was. I said Allen Houston was, and I think that still is the answer. But Wayne, it's hard to judge because he's had such a weird Pistons career. Like, he played 29 games in 2017-18. Is that the year or 2018-19? 2018-2019 was when we we got him off the the buyout market. So, yeah, he played 29 games then, and he's only played 20 games here. So, like, 49 games total. Um, But in those 49 games, he shot over seven attempts per game. This was before last night's performance, so yeah. um, 42% from three. Like, pure three-point shooters, like, that's insane. To shoot seven a game and shoot 42% from three is insane. Um, I think he's in the conversation. I think my list went something like Allen Houston, Joe Dumars, Chauncey, Terry Mills, Wayne Ellington, with uh, honorable mentions, Reggie Bullock, and John Barry. I think the the Vinny one, the Vinny Johnson pick, was one that people were throwing in there, and I think it was Keith Black that pointed it out um, because Isaiah Thomas actually got in on it. I don't know if you were paying attention to that. Isaiah Thomas, I think it was Isaiah, like Zeke. Yeah, like like our, our Isaiah. Um, he, I didn't. I think see it that. was. I think it was Vince Goodwill. I think quote tweeted you. Yeah. And then Isaiah quote tweet quote tweeted him, which means Isaiah saw your tweet. So good job, James. Yeah, yeah. Shout. He follows me. Shout out Isaiah. Oh, does he really? Yeah, no, um, I know Isaiah a little bit. So. Vinny was one, again, I think it was Keith Black that pointed it out. It was a nightly basis as to what you thought about him. Either he was the best shooter in franchise history or he was the worst, and that's kind of always what it came down to. The one that I want to throw out there is a guy that I've talked about a few times was George Yardley. Um, Technically, it was Fort Wayne at the time. So, Um, But he was a guy who, this was before the merger, was I think averaging like 45% uh, from the field, I think that was, I think his best year he was scoring like forty five percent. I think that was in like fifty eight when they were shooting underhand. Yeah, probably it was nineteen fifty. Well, okay, he was playing with Syracuse at the time. Also, George Yardley had this push shot from the baseline that was unguardable, and he was amazing. And 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 for the time, um, the way that he would score the basketball, the athleticism that he possessed, as much as you could have in the fifties, um, was remarkable and. 
I'm struggling to articulate, but I'm a big George Yardley guy, so I'd like to throw him in the mix. But obviously, he's no Terry Mills. He's no Allen Houston. The one thing that bothered me about Wayne crapping out last night was he was, I believe, two three-pointers away from becoming the franchise leader in uh, most three-pointers made inside of a single month. Yeah, he was behind Allen. He, he, going into the game, Allen Houston was 49. Wayne was 48, which are, he tied with himself um, the last time he was with the Pistons during that, that playoffs push in 2019. Um, yeah, like I think he said today, we talked to him just an hour or two ago, Yeah, that people were like texting him like all these records and all these accolades <laughs> and all this stuff. He's like, I've... Like I just put in a lot of work, and I I've been shooting like this for a long time. He he like made note that it's a crazy uh, a crazy like run that he's on, but he also sure. said like this is just like what he prepares for. So like he doesn't it, it doesn't surprise him. Um, I actually asked him about how it's opened up the rest of his game. Like I know like I I've just noticed more over the last two weeks like Wayne getting run off the three point line and getting downhill and like making a dump off pass. Um, trying to do more lobs. So I asked him about that, and he said it definitely has. Like, he's always been respected as a shooter, but the numbers he's shooting at now, like, guys are making sure to run him off the line. And it, and it's shown sure. a different version of Wayne Ellington than we've really seen in the past. If I looked at those numbers, I don't know how effective and efficient, how, how many points the Pistons are getting when Wayne's going downhill. Uh, but it's definitely, like, something that's happening more than I remember during that that run last year or two years ago. Sure. Um I think on this show, we've done a really good job of talking guys up um, when it's necessary. And I think that we address criticism in a very professional manner. Um, you and I have talked before how bashing players is never the right way to go. Um, obviously, if you're in the position that you're in or even as a fan, I just never think it's productive. Yeah, so, there's ways to get the point across without like blatantly saying this guy sucks. Like, you, right. In my position, I, I would never do anything like that. Right. So where I'm going with this is I want to say something about Josh Jackson, and I want it to be perfectly clear that I almost mean this as a compliment, okay? It's not going to sound like it, but stay with me. Mm -hmm. I look at a guy like Josh Jackson, and if he's going to give us, I believe he put up 17 last night, uh, Motown Noah's best friend of the night, which is another question I have for you in a minute. Um, Puts up 17. um, You know, he can every few nights he'll grab a, a a good chunk of boards, um, actually kind of a sneaky good shot blocker too. Yeah. He's got kind of got that on the defensive end. Now what it comes down to is the guy can't pass the basketball. He really struggles whether it's, you know, he, when he's in the, he, when he's in the full quarter, half court and has to make a, a decision that it, it, it hasn't ended well very often right. this year. Yeah. He'll make a bounce pass, um, in a lane that closed two seconds before, um, if it's in transition, it'll just sail on someone. It'll be behind. It's something that he really struggles with. So here's here's my proposition. Okay, I would never say this about any player, but I'm dead serious about this for Josh Jackson. Just score. I'm fine with it. Like, that's it. If yeah. you just want to be the guy that scores and you're a ball stopper on offense and that's it, I'm I, honestly, because you're a pretty good scorer, you're pretty crafty, like your bag goes kind of deep this year, your body control around the rim's great. Just score. I'm, like, be our Carmelo. I don't know. Like, it's yeah, fine. Yeah, I think the best version of Josh is attacking the rim, whether it's half court or transitioned. And I agree with you. Like, he – I mean, I didn't follow him too closely in his his Phoenix days and his brief time with, what was it, Memphis. Um, but, like, I, it seems yeah. like from talking to people, like, the way he's finished at the rim and his body control has improved. And I think he's very effective when he's doing that. It's when he has to make – again, make a quick decision – 
um, a quick read in either the half court or the full court that he, that he runs into some issues, and even his shooting is just kind of plummeted too. He was like above 50% in the preseason, was okay to start the regular season, and then it's just kind of gone downhill since then. And he's shooting a lot of threes, so yeah, I think for him I would just focus on attacking the rim, getting to the free throw line, playing defense, and that'll be that's the best version of Josh Jackson that can be out there. That's fine. Like, if the guy didn't record another assist for the rest of the year but averaged 14 a game, I'm not mad because that's what he's good at. And if he sticks to that, I'm fine with it. Yeah, no, I don't. Yeah, I think that's the balance he has to find. I think he does have some craftiness to him and he is able to get to the rim. It's that's where he kind of needs to. I don't think he should, uh, every time he gets the ball, look to get to the rim. Like, within the offense, if it's, if it's flowing and you need to move it, like, move it quick. But if things are shutting down, or if the shot clock's going down, based on some of the lineups that are out there, and not the lineups, but the personnel in those lineups, uh, Josh Jackson attacking the rim as the shot clock is winding down is not the worst uh, decision that the Pistons can make. There's, sure. uh, yeah, I always feel like Mason Plumlee gets stuck with the ball as the shot clock's winding down, or a Blake turnaround, or yeah, I think Josh with his with the ball in his hands, depending on who's out there with him attacking, is yeah. maybe the best possible outcome uh for a positive possession sure aside from Um, jeremy grant of course right yeah it just feels like they 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 feed mason Plumley all the turnovers because they dish him the ball with like two seconds left on the clock they call those grenades yeah that's i was gonna say i knew there was something for it i knew i couldn't think of it um so it has been a thing now this is year two of me doing uh motown noah's best friend of the night uh so every single night it's just my player of the game award is essentially what it is so um last year what this all culminates to is the Motown Noah Awards, which we're going to have to do. I hope you know that you're going to have to co-host the Motown Noah Awards this summer. I, I hope you're wait. prepared for that. Okay. Last year we it's gave out be a few like, awards. It's going to be like Go the ahead. Office episode. Um, with the Dundies. Yeah, with the Dundies, and I'll be Will yeah. Ferrell. The Dundies. Yeah, there you go. The yeah. <laughs> if you put on some headphones and start screaming, though, I'm going to be kind of <laughs> mad the way that he did. Um, so last year we gave out a few awards. Um, obviously, Motown Noah's Best Friend of the Year, which was just who got the most votes? Who won it last um, year? Who would you think won? Shit. Uh, the Dancing Usher? <laughs> no. Oh, Christian Wood. Christian Wood. Yeah, there yeah, you yeah. go. Yeah, I knew that was going to be easy. I could yeah. pull up the standings here in a minute. But um, for this year, who's the leader in the clubhouse so far? Oh, Jeremy Grant. No question. Right. Of course. Easy. Who's second? Isaiah Stewart. It's a really good guess. Isaiah Stewart doesn't have one. He doesn't have one. He doesn't have one. This is quite the oversight by me. I'm just realizing Isaiah Stewart does not have one. Second, I swear to God. Let me guess. Wait. wait. Let me guess. Okay, okay. Well, okay. fuck. Wayne. I just blew it. Yeah. yeah, it's Wayne. Who's three? Josh Jackson. Yeah. He might have racked some up early for you. It, that's, that is literally, literally the first, like, five games of the year. It was, like, Jeremy Grant three, Josh Jackson two. That was it. Yeah. Like, it was just them going back and forth and back and forth. Um, then Josh goes out for a little bit. Um Blake, I gave Blake the one um, against the Lakers. Deserving so, so. Derek, Delon, Blake, Svi, Sadiq, Josh, Wayne, Jeremy all have one. Um, if you give me just two seconds, I can probably find the one um, from last year. Yep, here it is. So Christian Wood. Oh, this is that's right. There was some crazy controversy that happened. I swear to God, you cannot, you can't write this. Okay. okay? It came down. The last game we played before the hiatus was in Philly. Okay. Yep. Christian Wood and Derrick Rose are tied at 12. Really? 
and Christian Wood got it. You didn't so fudge the, by, you didn't fudge the numbers just to make the award show God, a spectacle. No, no, that's just that's just how it played out. Um, Christian was first, Derek was second, Andre was third last year. I mean that makes sense. The team was terrible. Yeah, um, Brandon Knight got one um, from his Phoenix game, right? When he probably when, when he lit yeah. up Phoenix, I remember that. Probably what it was. Um, best quote seats, unquote, best seats, and best media seats in the NBA are in Phoenix. Is that right? Oh, it's not even close. It's where so, I sit, literally, like at the scores table, maybe ten feet from Dwayne. Oh, okay, yeah. You can hear everything. Yeah. Um. So best media seats, Phoenix. Best arena music, Utah. Yeah. Yeah, and then I've heard this several times. Is the best like media um, food spread actually Detroit? Oh yeah, it's not even close. Detroit has like a buffet, so like if you want a selection of meat, there's usually always some type of rare meat. There's always um, <laughs> like zebra steaks or something. What is <laughs> like that it's mean? usually like steaks. Yeah, like there's usually steak always on rotation. There's fish some days. There's always pizza. There's yeah, I mean. <laughs> burgers. Yeah. There's what? Yeah, there's burgers. There's um. Like, yeah, taco, they'll do a taco day. Like, it's not even close. That's bananas. Um, <laughs> it's it's worth noting that, um, quote-unquote, absolutely nobody got one. I just didn't give one to anybody one night. Um, I'm not going to do last year's. I guess that's not that interesting. But, yeah, this year, um, so far, Jeremy Grant is leading. Last year, the Motown No Awards, um, one of the awards that I gave out was the Johnny Kane of the Year Award. That award, of course, went to Johnny. I reached out for comment and heard nothing back. Oh, wait, no, actually, I did not. I didn't say anything to him. But, James, we're getting to, uh, to the end of our episode here. So it is time for everybody's favorite segment, Story Time with James. Hold on. Can you just – hold on. Can you just – what's the Johnny Kane award? It's just for Johnny Kane. Oh, it's for Johnny. I thought it was, like, who had the best post-game interview with Johnny. No, it's literally just Johnny Kane of the year, and Johnny's going to win every year. I'm thinking of turning it into, like, my person of the year award and just, like, who was my favorite person within the, the community or the fan base or whatever. Yeah. Um, and Johnny just won the inaugural one. I'm thinking I, – I have some 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 thinking I got it, some deliberation. Um, I don't remember any – I think, like, recap of the year I did. I think enemy of the year was one that I – scripted and then cut because i didn't want to start another war with this person or these people rather um who so are I cut these that people one, is it a team is it a fan base we'll talk off the air okay um people who were around will probably remember who it was but okay um i don't want to say their name because i hate them anyways story time with james james last week you very frustratingly said that I'm never going to stump you, <laughs> which good. I'm just going to pull back the curtain a little bit. was a lie, by the way. That's all I'll say. <laughs> the audacity just infuriated me. Um, do you have Do you have a good Dwight bike story? I don't remember if we've talked about that. Um, that doesn't have to be my pick. That doesn't have to be my pick because I, I, I apologize because I don't – I think I asked you this, but I don't remember. I have one that I can't share. Ooh, that's too bad. Actually, okay. no, I can share it. I just is have this... to, I'll just, some of it's going to be, uh, some of it is not going to, like, I'm not going to reveal all the details. Because it's if actually you're gonna funny. Make me, it if involves, you're gonna like, make six me, people. If you're going to make me use, 
listen, James. No, there's no, the, there's if, no bleeps. This, if if the sensors have to come back out, yeah, okay. It's like I'm t- I'm t- I'm charging a hundred bucks per bleep. That was a that was a nightmare to edit that last no. episode. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> go ahead and say it. No, it's a it's a fine story. I'll just I'll edit uh, myself. Okay. So in Orlando, off night. There's no game that night. Um, and me and Rod, one half of the 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 road crew. The fellas. The this fellas. is probably your first year, by the way, right? Since Bikes was on the team. Yep, yep, my first year. Okay. Um, we finished our work for the day, went and got dinner, and we just like went to a bar, a uh, like club slash. It's not really like a club. I guess it's a. I guess it's a club, but it's also like a a bar. Like there were couches. It was a lounge. Lounge. Like was it like a? Well, I don't want to say because if it was, I don't want to get you in trouble. Okay. No, it was a lounge. It wasn't a hookah okay. lounge. Okay, that was what I was gonna ask. No, 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 okay, no. Yeah. But you could smoke hookah in there, so does that mean it's a hookah lounge? I mean, yeah, technically. Okay. Uh, yeah, but it was just like pri- <laughs> like we primarily went there to go get like a drink. Like Rod knew about this place. Actually, we knew about this place because we were walking down the streets of Orlando, and Stanley was walking in front of us. Okay. And he told us about this place. And it's not like a secret place or anything. Like you was gonna say, like a speakeasy or something. No, it's What's not like a here? speakeasy, and it's not like one of those places where you like. Uh, like where you think you're you're getting a massage. Yeah, it's not one of those okay. places. It's not. It's a, it's a regular bar <laughs> slash lounge. Um, so me and Rod go in, and we're sitting at the bar. Again, there's like a I guess a quote unquote like there's an open space. It's not like a dance floor. Like people aren't dancing, but there's like couches and like you can just chill behind the bar, not sure. behind the bar, but behind where we're sitting at the bar. Yes. So we walk in and we look in the back and there's Reggie Bullock, Eric Moreland, and Dwight Bikes. Like in the back, okay. just posted up, tall as shit, <laughs> chilling, have like just enjoying an off night. Yeah, NBA champion Eric Moreland, by the way. Yep, NBA champion Eric Moreland. Um, shout out to Emo. Shout out to Big Drip. Who was Little Drip? I remember, you remember that? I can't remember. There was Big Drip and Little Drip. Eric Moreland was. I don't. I don't remember that. I can't remember who it was. It was maybe it was the locker room thing, but Eric Moreland referred to himself as Big Drip. I can't remember who Little. <laughs> I really liked him as a basketball. I really liked him. He was good. He was active. Yeah. Um, he was a, he was a cool dude too. So yeah, we walk into the bar, we get our drinks and we're just talking and we look behind and we see Reggie emo and bikes just chilling together. Those three. And like, if you, if you like those three were close, like they were cool. Sure. There's different, there was different groups within the Pistons at my, my rookie year. And it, it, I reveal another group in this story because it's kind of what makes the story. <laughs> okay. So we don't like. I'm not like again. I think I've said this before. I'm not one of those guys that like want players to like be uncomfortable with like reporters being around. And they knew us, me and Rod, yeah. well enough to know that like when we're off the clock, we're off the clock. Like I don't give a shit if you're like I'm not gonna come up to you and like make sure you see me because we're because I know you. Like I'm not that type of guy. Like I don't need that type of approval. Like you're in there enjoying your off night with your friends and teammates, and like me and I'm chilling with my friend. And we're yeah. we just happen to be at the same place. So time goes by, me and Rod are just sitting there, and we look to our left, and three more pistons walk in. If you can guess who the three pistons that walked in are, and this was like a crew, like they were homies. Like when they when they, they did things together. If you can guess these three, I will cash app you a thousand dollars right now. It's a trio of guys. Was Steve Blake on that team? No. I think he might have been. This no. was 2017-18, so this is 
Reggie Jackson, Stanley Johnson, Reggie Bullock, Anthony Tolliver, Tobias, um, John Luer, Reggie, I said Luke Kennard, yeah, Eric Moreland, Langston Avery Bradley Galloway, was on that team too. Avery Bradley, Boban. Boban, yep. All right, so if you can give me the three that walked in when I, when me and Rod looked to the left. I'm going to give you Henry Ellenson. He was, um, he was on that team, you're right. Yeah, but something tells me he wasn't in the group. Um, yeah, you're already wrong. Tobias so, and Kay Felder. You got one of the three right. Okay. So we look to our left. Again, Reggie Bullock, Dwight Blakes, and Eric Morland are in the back of the lounge. And we look to our left. Tobias Harris, Boban, and John Luer. I should have put Toby and Bulby together. I should have yeah, known better. Yeah, people might have forgot already. Yeah. Literally, those three walk into a nightclub in Orlando. And it, if you know anything <laughs> about those three, it's like a joke. <laughs> it's a joke because it's like Tobias is like the most professional person. Like, the, like he goes to bed usually like at eight or nine, eats healthy. Boban is like, I feel like if I was Boban, it'd be tough for me to go out because he's just a huge person. And yeah. John Luer is like a really reserved t- guy too. So like, this is a club in Orlando or a lounge in Orlando. And like the, like there's a good chance John Luer is the whitest person in there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's it's yeah. one of those clubs or sure. lounges or bars. Whatever he's not like he's not like a Sfima High Luke White. He's like uh, yeah, he's from you, well, you know, he's from Wisconsin White. I'm from yeah, Wisconsin you know, White. We've talked about this before. Or Minnesota, you know wherever about. he's from. How Sfi like um, gets his influences very clearly. Oh yeah, from... Sfi. Yeah, Sfi when he got to America was around. Uh, the Kansas basketball program. So Sfi right. has a little bit of flavor in his voice. <laughs> it's the best way to put it. <laughs> like uh, guys like Josh Jackson, by the way, and yeah. Devonte Graham, I think. Yep, They're, he's very close with uh, Devonte, I know, and I think him and Josh are cool. Mm. Um, but yeah, so John Luer, Boban, and Tobias walk into the the club slash bar slash lounge. I'm not saying like slash bar slash lounge like to hide any details. Like I don't know what it was. It was a, just a chill spot. Just call it a club. All right, it's a club. We'll, get, we'll call it a club. Um, <laughs> So they walk in, and they see Bikes, Emo, and Bullock in the back. But it, So they go and, like, just say what up because it's their teammates, whatever. But, like, they didn't all hang out together. Like, that's like there's just certain – like, I'm sure they were fine. They were friends. They were cool. But, like, you, you just have, like, your guys on the team. So, like, they went and said what up to each other, and then those three made their way to the bar. And they, like, didn't see me and Rod at first until they got to the bar. And then they got there like, oh, what up, what up? Like, oh, what's up? So, like, we felt weird at that point, like, being there because it's, like, yeah. six Pistons players. And we're, like, here, you guys can sit here because we were, like, at the front of the bar. And we'll go, like, we're going to leave soon. So, we're, like, oh, they're, like, cool. We appreciate it. So, they got – we went off to the side to get a couple drinks and just, like, finish our drinks. And they, like, left. And, again, this is, like, supposed to be Dwight Bikes' story. But, like, this is yeah. just a story that I can sure. I can use Dwight Bikes to tell this story. Six for one. So, they were probably in there maybe six minutes. And then Toby, Bobby, and John Luer left, which doesn't surprise me because it was weird that they walked into that type of spot already. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, we walked in. Dwight Bikes, Reggie Bullock, and Eric Moreland were there. We left. Dwight Bikes, Reggie Bullock, and Eric Moreland were there. Just enjoying That's it. That's wild. Yeah. Man, you last week it was you run into Luke Kennard and um, I'm already for, – oh, Luis Montero. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. In a pizza place in New Orleans. Um, and then you run into, man, you just run into guys. It, these aren't even like in the locker room. You got a story. It's like, you just bump into these players. I imagine Tobias probably knew about it from when he played in Orlando. That's probably how he knew about that place. Yeah. Like, I think he still might've had a house there. Sure. Um, he still might've had a house there. 
it's yeah like it's again like these cities are big but like part of the places we know to go in these cities are from players like they will ask like i'll ask all the time like for food recommendations or like places to go and they'll tell us and we wouldn't have went to that spot if stanley didn't tell us about it and i don't remember if he showed up there he might have been there too i can't remember he might have showed up there but i think he was he might have went somewhere else i don't remember but yeah like i don't remember the name of the place but that happens a lot like i have many stories where i go i've gone to a place and run into players there sure that's why the Um, road is the best place for to do my job aside from like that's how you just like build rapport with guys like yeah the fact that i was out with them and like i didn't report that they had a sip of alcohol like you know what i mean like that's just builds trust yeah like i'm off the clock buddy like i'm i'm not do you live your life definitely say what up to you because i know you and i'm not going to be sitting here like trying to sit in your section with you like that's just sure yeah enjoy your life and we'll get on with ours yeah that's something that i had to learn pretty quick is that people are just guys that's it Mm -hmm. they're just dudes like james is even somebody that i was i don't want to say afraid of but i was like it was intimidating to me you guys james is just he's just one of the fellas like that's it James yeah, is just a dude. I mean, I had to learn that, too. Like, it's different going from covering high school sports where you're older to professional athletes that you see on TV, but you quickly, like, yeah. realize they're just regular guys. It's wild. And it's, like, it's funny because sometimes – Wait, you thought I was, like, a big deal? Yeah, for sure. Why? Like, I'm, I'm – Well, the, the the blue check. Oh, my You gosh. get the, the check mark. Um, when, when you woke up and you got verified, what was that feeling like? I got verified before I had this job. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, just because I worked for a, a big news publication. So, like, sure. anybody that I remember, like, they were, you could, reporters could get verified. Like, you just had to submit it. I had to send it to my boss, and they submitted it to Twitter. So, I was verified before this job. Um, well, still, was that empowering? Was that was that a moment where you were like, yeah, I made it. I'm cool. Like, is that something you, you would bring up in conversation at the time? No, I would never. <laughs> I would never you're not really that. like that. No. Yeah, like you're, people, you're, you're too humble. Like, people around me, like, bring it up. Like, my girlfriend, like, says it to her friends. Like, he's verified on Twitter. I'm like, who gives a shit? <laughs> like, what do you want him to yeah. say to that? Like, yeah. And they think, like, some people, like, think it's cool. And I'm like, first of all, like, don't say that. It's super corny. Like, I agree I with that. Yeah, like, yeah. don't say that. It's super corny. And I'd be like, he has, like, 20,000 followers. I'm like, if you don't shut the hell up, like, nobody cares. <laughs> I'm, we're sitting here playing spades. Like, I'm chilling. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I thought that about you. I, I, you know, I've thought that about basically everybody that I've inter- ever interacted. I thought that about Laz. Hand to God. I thought I thought Laz was terrifying. Um, Lazarus Jackson is the nicest man I've maybe ever met in my He's life. He's super nice. We've actually gotten dinner together before. Oh, is that right? He was what, at, did he, like, come up to visit or were he was were in town down seeing in Charlotte? His, he was in town and seeing his family. And we, mm. uh, I was out and he, he's from, like, the Farmington Hills area. And I was out yeah. in Novi I played pickup basketball out there, so I was already out sure. there, and we like grabbed some wings, and it was the f- first time we've met. I'm trying to think who have I met from that's like pretty big on Pistons. Ooh, Twitter? this is fun. We're gonna run a little bit long here, but I mean, we I always like this. you say that every episode. We always yeah. do. So I, I, think I really we're, like we're this. We're running on we're running on normal time. Sure, I really like this segment that we're about to do, James. Who have you met from Pistons Twitter? Like Johnny, obviously doesn't in count. person. I'm yeah, in person. yeah, I'm talking about like fans. Sure, that I remember. So I apologize if I don't remember. I'm trying to think like people you would know. I met David Fernandez. Yeah. Uh, who does the Detroit Bad Boys podcast. Yep. 
Yeah. I met him twice. He's from. He lives in Boston. I don't know if he still does, but he did. I met him in Boston. Laz, I've met. Duncan, I've met. Shams, uh, Shamik. Yeah. I've met. I've had dinner with him and Aaron Ferguson oh. in okay, Minneapolis. Yeah. Me, Rod, and Vince went and got dinner with them. Why was Aaron in Minneapolis? This is I don't these know are why people. He was there. Some some people aren't going to know these people, so I don't want to go too deep into it. I think it's weird that he was in Minneapolis because I'm pretty sure he lives in Indiana. Whatever. Yeah, Indi- I think he lives in Indiana or Iowa or something like that. Yeah, he lives. He works at a newspaper in Indiana. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if he did at that time, but so was us. Who else have I met? Um, Aaron's great, by the way. Yeah, he's a nice kid. Shamik's a good dude. Talk to Shamik. Pretty great. Well. Uh, great SoundCloud too. I listen to his mixes all the yeah, time. Yeah, no, they're very good. Yeah, he's, he's, um, he's. I've listened to a few of them. He sent me some of them. Have you? Uh, Do I like? Is it? Go ahead. Is it weird how much like I interact with the like fan base? Like I know like some of these guys no. personally. I don't know if that's like normal for other beat no, writers. It's awesome. It it sort of makes us feel like. Um, well, I think it humanizes you. I don't think everybody feels the same way that I do, and they're like, "Oh, big scary beat writer." But but it it I think it helps people feel less like you think you're above them and right? that's, that's I think my it's, goal yeah it, right and i i know that you don't feel that way because we've talked about it privately and you've also mentioned it on this show so um i think there are a lot of beat writers who i don't respect not in detroit but that i don't respect or radio personalities because they think because they have more information than you that they are better than you um actually one of them is in detroit he works for a radio station that we don't talk about on this show but um uh because he also said something not very nice to me, but it was hilarious. I James, can, you're giving me a look. I don't know who. Do I you can know guess who I'm talking it is. about? Yeah, I'm sure I do. You can say their name if you want. Are you talking about Valeni? Yeah, it's like Voldemort to me. I don't want to hear that guy's name. <laughs> I've actually never Someone, met him in person. Oh God, who cares? Who? <laughs> uh, somebody gave me. They said they were. They meant it as a compliment. It was like a few months ago. They're like, "You're going to be the next Valeni," and I was like, "Christ." I mean, he, I, to be fair, that little of me. To be fair, I know like. He's made jokes about the Pistons fan base. Um, he, he's really good at what he does. He gets He's great at what he's he does the, because he gets people to talk about his show and to talk about him. That's what it's all about. No, I think he I think he has good takes too. Um, and I think he – like his voice and his cadence. Like I think he is really, really good at what he does. Again, I don't know him personally. I've never met him in my life. We have uh, mutual f- friends, uh, but I've never – I've never met him, so I don't know about him. I've heard good things about him as a person. I've just never met him, so I don't know. As Yeah, I don't want to disparage him as a person. I don't know him as a guy, as an on-air personality, and I don't even want to say I don't respect him. I just fundamentally disagree with everything that he says that doesn't have to do with Michigan State. But, um, yeah, so, okay, well, was Duncan taller than you? That's a big thing I always hear about Duncan, is that he's taller than everybody. Because you're tall. You're like, you're about you're a nice 6'2", right? I'm like six foot. Uh, Are you like a okay? I, I thought you were gonna. So you're like a Colin Sexton six two. Yeah, I'm like a Colin <laughs> yeah. Sexton six. No, Duncan's yeah. I think a little taller than me. He's not like super tall though. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. As far as people that I've met, um, I don't. I've met Koo, obviously. Well, of course. Yeah, he was in the locker room. He with was you. a yeah. credentialed media member. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I haven't met anyone that i mean like i've met some i apologize because i've definitely some people have come up to me and, and said some stuff i apologize because i don't remember who um and I, i've talked to james about some of those stories a little bit about people just doing really weird things to me all the time share, share if people do story if you see story me, time with nick do that tell me the, tell him the story about the time you went to the pistons game with the usher yep 
Okay. Story time with Nick. We're running a little bit long here, folks. We didn't talk. We didn't talk much Pistons. There wasn't much to talk about no. since the last pod. So I think people in, people have told us they enjoy the the goofiness like sure. this. So I um, think it's fair that we do story time with Nick too. So this was I. So I'm at I'm closing in on like nine thousand followers now. So at the time I was probably around like four. So like I had just kind of started to make my way into Pistons Twitter. And um, this was the 2018-2019 season. Okay, so it was about two years ago. And my brother, he he went to school in um, in Grand Rapids. He went to Grand Valley, and um, I obviously lived in Howell at the time. So we didn't get to see each other a lot. We just kind of texted sometimes. The Pistons, um, I was one of the people that got free tickets to go to a game. So I said, Matthew, do you want to go to this this game with me? And he said, sure. So we go to the game. That's and your I don't brother. Think I'm sorry. Yes, that's my brother. And um, I don't think he really knew at the time, like that you were hot that, in these streets. Yeah, that I that people kind of started to know that who I was. Popping? Right. Yeah. And I don't worry. I'm going somewhere with that. So, you know, we're on the way to the game and we walk um, or in LCA and we walk over to our our gate or portal, as it's called in LCA. Um, and I like pull out my phone and I like show the usher our tickets and the guy like doesn't look at my phone. He just looks at me and you're like, "Oh, like you're the you're the Twitter guy. You're the guy who does the videos." Like the and I like I'm like smile. I like look back at my brother and he like looks at me and we're like, "What?" I like look I'm like, "Yeah, that's me." <laughs> and he's like, "That's awesome, man." He's like, "Well, welcome. We're super excited to have you. Like enjoy the game." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> Dude didn't even look at my tickets. So we just <laughs> just went and sat down. That's balling. Um, and it was awesome. Then I got a free T-shirt from the Pistons. Not like ones that they shoot out of a cannon. Yeah, yeah. So they just, you didn't they get just one. Walked you over. didn't get one that was thrown by Tom Goris. No, I did get um, a T-shirt that was fired out of a cannon from Benny the Bull at a Bulls game. Oh, okay. I was like, pissed. Like, was this? I thought you were talking no, about. No, like, it was, like, was Hooper's birthday. What the hell? They were, <laughs> it was probably like four or five years ago at this point. Um, went to a Bulls Clippers game at United Center. Um, like Blake, it was Lob City, and like Dwayne Wade was on those Bulls. It was a wild team, and yeah, like Scotty was there, Chance was there, thought Oprah was gonna be there, and yeah, I got a T-shirt from Benny the Bull. But yeah, that's one of my stories, James. I have another one that I haven't told you about that I cannot tell on the air because I don't want to make that person really uncomfortable. But they did something that made me uncomfortable for about two weeks because I couldn't stop thinking about how weird it was. I'll have to, um, I'll have to get this from you um, at, at a different time off the air. Yeah, right, we'll talk. We'll, we'll talk. Right. Album, what's your album? Technically, we're recording this on the thirty first, and we will be releasing this on the thirty first. So we're gonna we're just gonna start our Black History Month early. All right. Okay. I was gonna say, where are you gonna go with this? Are you gonna drop a Macklemore so you can just squeeze <laughs> in the last? <laughs> so I just get All the right. my last drop. No, I'm going to go um, with August 08's Father, um, which is I guess technically it's classified um, as an R and B album. Um, I don't really know that it's, it's kind of synthy. There's some really strong, really strong snares, really strong bass, really strong kicks in it. One of my favorite, um, opening and closing track records of the decade, um, missed calls the opening track and funeral. The, the one that wraps it all up. It's a great cohesive work of art and I love it. Okay. That's my first black history month pick. I feel like I've been ignoring the West coast on mine. So my favorite album of all time is by a, an artist named blue B L U. And he has a like underground classic from like 07 that like got him on the freshman XXL cover. If you guys 
I still pay attention to those like back then. He was on the cover with Kid Cudi, um, Asher Roth, Mickey yeah. Ma- Mickey Fax, Charles Hamilton, Currency. Like he was on that cover. Blue in Exile, who's the producer, Below the Heavens. Um, it's a phenomenal album. I think you would really like the lyrics in it because it's about it's really but just about this dude from Long Beach just like trying to like make it in like life and it's like very deep and like introspective and he like he talks about mental health stuff he talks about sure. having to ride the bus while he's like about to be signed like it's just a very it's about life below the heavens like yeah, it's about sure. life um and it's my favorite album of all time my favorite song of all time is on there called dancing in the rain it's just the the beat is just absolutely beautiful like it's pristine so below the heavens blue in exile check it out if you haven't already all right uh well ladies and gentlemen that's gonna be our show today james don't worry i will i will listen to this one um i hope everybody enjoyed this one um we did kind of go off the rails didn't really talk pistons talked a little bit of basketball but a little bit of an unorthodox episode uh ladies and gentlemen if you're listening to this on apple Podcasts, be sure to rate five stars subscribe leave a review if you're feeling generous Uh, we will catch you guys in the next one Peace.